Wave Act, the web-free software company that understands what you want. Hi everyone, welcome at Wave Act. Today with Mitko Dimitrov. Long time no see. Thanks, mate, for being here. It's really a pleasure talking with you. And for everyone who doesn't know him, he is the founder of Web3 Adventures and has a really amazing newsletter. So if you haven't signed up yet, do so. I will put the link into the video description as well to show a little bit for you, mate. And yeah, today we will talk about, or at least we will start with networking in Web3. So starting out, mate, I want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, to add some things that I might have uh, forgot about, also might have forgotten about, and yeah, what are you working on as well? Yeah, um, I'm Mitko. I got into Web3 in the bull market of 2021, kind of missed out all the, the really cool stuff that was minting, um, and then I bought the wrong stuff, so I ended up losing quite a lot of money. Um, just shy, shy of, of 20k, unfortunately. But anyway, that, that's you know, bust cars. And yeah, then I decided like um, maybe it makes more sense to, to build instead. Um, and then yeah, then I got more into even more into like understanding Web3 and like why it's important. And then uh, at the start of 2022, I got a grant from the Scottish government, and that allowed me to hired two brilliant lads and they helped me in consulting a few clients um and then when we parted ways i was like right how do i do what we did before but in a in a different way and that's kind of when the newsletter came out because i was just spending a lot of time on product hunt on, on smoothie and just looking at different businesses so I can learn from them so I can steal their ideas like outright steal their ideas especially how they get customers and how they do their marketing um, and I was like what if I share all this information with someone else as well and then and then I was like I should I should just start this newsletter and then I just kept prolonging it and um, there was this friend of mine great friend of mine who's actually almost like a, an advisor at this point well definitely an advisor almost like a mentor his name is Tan and he kept bullying me um, at the start like towards the end of July I was like when are you going to start your newsletter when are you going to start it and at the start of August which is like 26 weeks ago I started it um and yeah that's where most of the focus is is going right now figuring out how to make it the most value-packed newsletter that a founder can read or someone that's interested about web3 and how to move in the you know, in the whole space, uh, can read. Um, and then, yeah. And from there, now we're introducing more, uh, elements that will add value such as Twitter spaces and a few other things that I can't talk about just yet. And again, the whole idea with that would be that, uh, ambitious founders will come up and talk about what they've done before. So hopefully they give other ambitious founders the opportunity to learn from them, to get insights, to network as well. Um, and yeah, and that's that's it in terms of the intro cool stuff um talking about your newsletter because i don't have one right um so i have no idea how difficult it is to actually build something like that right i know there are tools that you can send these emails in barks and all that kind of stuff but the actual difficult part is actually getting signups right so I don't know, what are your experiences with that? And maybe do you want to share your, let's say, golden nuggets with us? That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, so the whole 
uh, just quite a few people have now asked me just because they see it like coming up now they'll ask me like oh should i start a newsletter as well and i'm like you should yes but it is absolutely brutal and i really mean that it's nothing like that i've ever done before because um by itself the newsletter you don't you don't get any feedback like literally barely any feedback unless you've like kind of incentivize it it's so difficult to get feedback and i get feedback by two three people recently and it only started like 15 15 17 weeks in before that there's nothing you just kind of see the open rates so you don't know if what is resonating it what you're writing is resonating obviously you can look at the data and how much is open but um yeah it's and it's really difficult to to get going especially at the start um but once you kind of get over that and you um you start going and you kind of start learning what works what doesn't it, it does get better and hopefully it will get fun um for me it's kind of fun the fun part is uh, researching the newsletter, the different businesses. But now, like, what's becoming to be a lot less fun is, like, sometimes I don't have them done in advance. Um, so I need to, like, do them now. So, for example, I'm in Spain now, and I need to put out the newsletter on Sunday. I've got no idea who I'm even going to write about. So it's all these things you got to think about and have a few in advance. I imagine you as a, as a podcast um, host, you have a few in advance. That's what I'm trying to get at. But, yeah, in terms of, like, what works... Uh, that really depends on like what, um, in what capacity you want to do it. If you want to do it as a main thing or as a side thing, but probably the biggest growth unlock for me was to actually focus on the numbers. I get obsessed with the numbers, and that's that's why I did when sponsor.me so I can literally go in every single day and monitor. Right, this day we did three, this one we did ten, and kind of keep myself accountable. And I decided to take a step extra, and and put it open source. So maybe someone else out there as well is looking and be like, oh, right, Mick was slacking on this day. I don't know if people do that, but the idea that someone could be doing that is push pushing me. So I've started a lot more to think about, right, wow, okay, I need to I need to do something today that I've not done. Um, what am I going to do in terms of content this week? Like, yeah, I can post about that meme, but will it actually get me subscribers? So it's a lot, it's, it's maybe a lot more like strategic, if you will, and Let's put my focus a lot more in there and now i'm like super product focused and i i like i am very more like focused in terms of like other things i don't pay attention to as much and yeah i just constantly keep thinking about it like how do i provide more value one and then how do i distribute that value so another kind of like growth unlock that i did was i, I put my screensaver on my computer and it says two things, um, literally black screen, and it says, so goals, and then one, write the best newsletter, and number two, grow subscriber base. So number one is about increase the volume as much as possible, and number two, spread the word. So I've literally, this is the only thing that I want to work on. That's cool. That's awesome. And you said something that I personally haven't thought about yet, <clears throat> because I didn't have to, and that's uh, that it's really difficult to collect that feedback from a newsletter. And I, I can just imagine, right, when we send out uh, the emails to our uh, workshops for kids, for example, right, uh, you only see these open rates. And I didn't think about what if you send these things regularly. You have no idea, right? And that's a really interesting point. And uh, what you also said is that mindset thing, right? Um, it reminds me a little bit of, let's say, when you building something as you do, right? Uh, being entrepreneur uh, in the space or in Chernobyl, you just have this 
let's say, thought, what if my competition does something today or more than me, right? And that's a really interesting mindset, which I personally think one can overdo, but at the same time, it's a really, really great pusher. You know, it really pushes you out of the comfort zone because, you know, being comfortable is always uh, being punished. I think that's from Grant Cardone, right? I'm not sure if you know him. Yeah. Um, but really love that. And getting back to the feedback section, how did you actually overcome that issue? How do you try to collect feedback or try to solve that in future? What one thing that I did now is I started posting the newsletter on LinkedIn because most of my community is on LinkedIn and I do get some feedback now. And then in terms of more feedback in the future, um, what I plan on doing is the people that I speak with, even if it's not regarding the newsletter, I'll be like, what, what do you think about it? Um, especially when I speak with founders, like, why are you not subscribed? Like, what do you want to see that you currently don't see? Um, what would you like to see? Or what do you like seeing in other newsletters? And, and just getting more feedback from people that are also not readers. And then in terms of readers, I've been thinking a lot more about how to incentivize the, the feedback stuff. Um, but that's not worked out yet, so. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it's always increment, repeat, get better, right? That's how the harsh business world actually is, right? So uh, that's the cool and difficult part at the same time. Exactly. Um, awesome. That's super cool. And I personally, I would be really interested to read about that, um, even if it's just a LinkedIn post. But that's definitely something really exciting. Uh, getting those feedback loops especially when it comes to something that it's real that's actually just a one-way communication channel right yeah. so thinking By about way, that it's really good that you're saying that so um the idea of a newsletter is that you have an audience and i don't like having an audience i like having a community that's why i don't call the newsletter readers my audience if, earlier i also said community and that's one of the main things it's like because right now if i'm honest it, it's it's an audience unfortunately so I've been thinking a lot about like, how do I turn it into a community? And that's why I've been looking at different platforms that allow people to come together and speak, but I don't want it to be Discord. I don't, I don't want that. It might be to start with, but it might be something else. I don't know. Um, but I've been very much thinking about, right, how do I do this? Maybe I do a, a free mint collection where the readers get to mint and, you know, it'll be like anti-hype. So there shouldn't be any speculation about price and, and all these things. And then, yeah, because um, like I really want other people to, if they want, of course, to be able to contribute and, and get rewarded. Like I'm big on getting the community rewarded. So yeah, maybe release a collection. Yeah, uh, why not? Uh, it always depends on why you are doing it. So um, as you said, if it's for hype, hmm, I think uh, 2021, 2020, is yeah. over right <laughs> but um utility collections why not right um we just can't expect these things to go viral uh being fully uh minted right within the first hour things like that could be difficult now but if you're in for the long term actually want to provide value as you say then i don't see any reason besides maybe regulation depending although nfts are not that difficult from that point of view um why you shouldn't do it so 
it costs money, it's work, yeah, right, and utility needs to be defined, but uh, the Ford model is, is cool. Um, awesome, yeah, what, besides gathering feedback, right, let's maybe stay a little bit at the newsletter, newsletter section, because uh, I think that's definitely something where you can provide a lot of insights into this podcast um, that I personally don't have, and many viewers probably have don't have as well um are there any other let's say issues that you had or have to overcome besides collecting feedback well figuring out where you're <clears throat> so you know with, with all the business things it's like right who is your target people um target customer whatever you want to call it and you know personally just because of the way the nature of the business of the newsletter is like i i'm still struggling to figure out exactly who i'm writing for but i know other people will certainly not have that issue and you know if someone is thinking about it i would definitely say like think about it from the start and then figure out where those people hang out and that, that's going to make your life a lot easier um so that's that's one thing that i've been figuring out like who are the people that read my newsletter and yeah and why okay yeah that that's a good point right especially i consider this a startup uh, as well right you try to monetize it at some point maybe maybe not i don't know um but in the end it's some kind of service or product what you're doing right um even if it provides a lot of value uh and it has a super tiny or no price tag at all you are yeah trying to get something to people um what I'm thinking when it comes to these kind of things, the target audience and all that kind of stuff. How to say this? Why? Or let's put it that way, because I'm hanging for a second. Or, or let's put it that way. Um, when I'm thinking about getting a newsletter that I think that has something to do with the target audience as well. I personally don't, as I hate newsletters for that simple reason that my email box is super full. I get distracted by it. And that's definitely one communication channel where I'm only responding to high priority things. Right. Yeah. And have you thought related to that to you said linkedin but to also have some kind of other communication channels besides maybe discord or actually building a community but having this one-way communication in some other way to circumvent uh issues like that maybe i don't know or it or is it just me I don't know. Could be. No, it's it's but, me as well. And that's, that's uh, a big reason for why I didn't start the newsletter earlier. Um, like before I even like thought about doing it, uh, there's this guy, Nick, Nick James. You, you probably know. Uh, he told me like long time ago, like I think that was even March. It was like, Nick, we should start a newsletter. But I was like, no, I, like, I hate getting newsletters. And like I'm subscribed to a few. And I, I like some of them I even miss. But every now and again, I go in and, and check them out. Uh, but yeah, I know what I know what you mean. Like they're really annoying, especially when they start piling up and you you type the name of someone and it's like, wow, eleven missed emails. Like, wow, thanks, <laughs> nice. But you know, there there is value in, in in some of them. So yeah, in terms of like how I'm gonna circum circumvent it, it's gonna be a lot about 
Twitter spaces. So um, I really want to start curating the community around Twitter. And even though, again, that's another part where you don't really control the algorithm, but yeah, um, there's going to be like part of it and then Discord or I don't know, some, something else, uh, like a community platform. Um, you brought up a really interesting point, and I think this needs to be highlighted a little bit. Uh, newsletters, communities, and so on have one one huge advantage over social media. You are not dependent, or you don't depend on an algorithm. And if it changes, your well, you have a problem, right? Um, so that's definitely a huge advantage. So uh, definitely makes sense. Um, besides that. Are there, because you want to build an actual community, right? I know you're searching for tools and uh, I'm sure you have uh, some kind of thoughts on that, on every tool and how to approach it. But how, when you have chosen your tool, do you, or plan, do you plan to convert your existing audience to a community? How to get people from your mailbox, from, from, come on, from your mailbox? to your community, whatever tool you're using. What are your plans there? Some kind of incentivation structures? Well, if you join there, you get that exclusive content. I don't know. No, I don't plan anything like that. It'll just be a link. Join if you want. Okay. If not, stay in the emails. Because yeah, I know not all everyone will want to be doing it. And some, some people just want to read the email. So yeah, I don't have that. Okay. Um, so I'm actually aiming for quality. Right, um, people that don't read the newsletter or just delete it right away, uh, just like me most of the time, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, even if they're good, um, for example, um, I'm also I also recently subscribed to Pete, uh, Pete's uh, newsletter. I think to yours at some point as well, but um, yeah, I try it all the time because I know they are full of value. Right, I know it. But uh, yeah, as said. But yeah, totally makes sense. Only quality people, right? People that actually read your content and engage with it. So that, that's a cool strategy. Um, so what I'm curious about is your long-term vision a little bit. You know, newsletter, maybe, or maybe not, monetizing that. But what is your grand vision? You know, besides just gaining your subscriber count. Yeah. Um, so the long-term vision really comes to what Web3 Adventures was in the first place before even the newsletter was born. And what it currently is, um, but in the background and stuff I don't talk about too much. Um, but essentially, what I plan for the future is um, it will be... I really like need to put that on paper. So I need to come up with some white paper or something like that. But yeah, so I don't know how much I want to talk about it because I'd rather write about it first. No um, worries, mate. What I imagine for the future um, is it will be the community and then there will be... Right, so I'll start back. So the, the logo, not the logo, the tagline of Web3 Adventures is leveraging connections and elevating people. And that's literally what I've been doing all my life. But now I, in Web3, I'm going to do it even more. And I have been doing it even more. And it all started when I started, people started messaging me to help them with different stuff, right? Uh, but I can't help everyone. And some people don't want to help because it's not interesting to me. So 
then what do I want to do? Well, I can pass them on to different people and then I can get a referral. Cool. But then you don't build anything that way. You obviously get some cash flow, but that, that's boring. I want to build, I want to build something big. So I, I, I thought like, right, instead of me passing on the leads, why don't I, why don't I have like a group of people that I can call in whenever we get an exciting project. And it's literally like Avengers assemble kind of thing. And then the long-term vision is that we will have like big enough projects and clients that people, like some people, even if they're too busy or other people can apply to work within this. It's kind of like, I don't know what to call it, but it's, yeah. Instead of the, the work being decentralized, which I know we love, it will be centralized. And in that way, people will be able to contribute to projects that become bigger and it will be all under certain values that people agree to and yeah, and and it's some something that you build equity in. Um, so that's that's the main thing. Yeah. So instead, like, and the the reason for that, so there's another one. The reason for that is because I know in the future I will get that one huge idea that I I will want to take to VCs, right? And I've been speaking with VCs, and a lot of, I've also been attending some of these like demo days, and a lot of VCs care about people that have worked together before, right? And how am I gonna say right? Well, we worked on this project by did this, someone else did this, someone else did this. So essentially, I outsourced the stuff that I couldn't do. While with my business model, which is not innovative at all, I can say, well, we, all of us came together, we built this, we took it to market, or we failed to take it to market, but this is how it went. And yeah, so that, that's part of it. And I really need to put this on paper better, but that's how it is. So back to the whole leveraging connections and elevating people, probably the, the best example of, of that happening was um, back around... August or was it even July? No, it was August. Uh, I wrote about Argentina, and then this uh, amazing, ambitious guy reached out to me, and we, we set up a call. And I just saw something in him, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's gonna be a winner." And then not long after, I think it was even two weeks after we started speaking, I connected him with the DAO, and he got the gig. You know, just because of that. And obviously, he's super qualified. That's why he got the gig. He didn't get it just because I recommended him. And you know, in Argentina, people don't get paid very well. Um, so any money that comes, it's like, wow, it's, it's, it's really good. So he got the gig, he got paid. And like, I, I've been, I, I still speak with him like every single day. And I could over time see how his life is improving. And I'm not going to mention his name because he, I, I don't want, I've not spoken to him about that. And what no I can worries. say all these things, but one day I'll get him to do a, like a video testimonial stuff. But yeah. Um, and yeah, so and now now actually he's pushing for a second gig with with the same DAO, and and yeah, it's just it's just amazing, and and yeah, and then the same thing happened to another friend of mine who's a backend developer, and uh, he's a startup founder that's a friend of mine building something insane, and I told him, look, you should look into this guy. Um, you know, I've been speaking with him. I know what he's built. He he's got that that hunger, and all the people that I recommend, they have very certain qualities that. That I have as well, and that I can 100% recommend without a doubt. And then, yeah, the the founder reached out to him, and now they're speaking about my friend joining the company. Um, so, this kind of thing, this kind of thing. Um, but then, figure out, yeah, that's it, pretty much. And I love that for many different reasons now. Well, on one side, you said in the beginning to start from start to end, um, if he sees tend to invest into people that have worked together before and that for one from my experience one big uh 
let's say for one big reason, they are able or they prove that they're able to work under pressure together, right? And if they have a conflict, they're able to resolve it in a way that doesn't result into, let's say, uh, into crashing the company. And that's a huge, huge quality sign because most of the time uh, the startup is failing in the early phases because of the team, right? And not because the idea is really bad. Yeah. Or usually it is, but you could improve with it, with a good team. And that's the first cool thing. And the second one is that you are connecting, that you're actually connecting and helping, supporting people to, let's say you bring projects together, you actually create value by connecting people, you create trust because on one side, the DAO, for example, knows, hey, well, Midco is a great source for at least developers, right? So he knows some good devs, cool stuff, right? Quality sign. And on the other hand, you have your friend who sees as a quality connection as well. And is also both of them are super grateful, likely, at least super likely. And that results into, let's say, long-term the possibility or opportunity that maybe with zero expectations, something comes back. And that's the amazing thing about these kind of things. And uh, there's one more thing that I wanted to add in there. Like one of the main things actually is <clears throat> the way that, the way that this thing will work in the future um, and it currently is working like that as well, but even more so in the future is like the whole business is built in a very web three way in, where in terms of compensation. So, you know, in the, in the normal world, you, um, let's say I get a client, I outsource the work, but I pay him hourly or whatever it is. And it's that arbitrage of a value and of time. And we, we don't do that. So when someone comes to us and then, you know, well, back in the days right now, like, look, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, his name is Lucas. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> if you repeat it, it doesn't get better, but yeah, he, um, the way it will work, uh, let's go with that. The way it will work in the future is when the client comes, this is the budget, the budget, and then depending on the type of works he, he wants, we'll show that to the people that are in the squad and be like, right, how much work do you want to do? You want to do only 20%? Well, you get paid 20%. You know, if, if you can do a lot more, then you get paid a lot more. So it wouldn't be something like, right, you, you're going to do work that is worth 10K, but we're only going to pay you four. You know, I don't want that. So that's... And then obviously the company will have to keep probably 10%, but maybe that 10% will be tacked on um, from the company that comes in. I've not figured that out. Um, yeah. Um, I'm fully with you. Uh, Web3 at least tries to stand for that, right? Uh, value to the people that peer-to-peer thought so that there is, in best case, not really a middleman or someone in between, right? But oftentimes, um, you know, I'm a... I'm only, so I own a small web fee software agency and it wouldn't work if my employees get one-on-one uh, like the f- amount of money that we actually get, right? Because the company has the risk, we get the customer, we spend a lot of money and time with marketing, branding. So I fully agree with your point. That's just one thing, especially when you grow, which might get back, that's my assumption strong assumption that goes into that web two way back again as because most web three companies are super small and tiny right there you can't do that because
because you don't have that many costs right? and you have much more advantage long term when you just help people that's super important and should always do that but uh, when you grow it could become difficult because well um you have your costs as well and your yeah, risks absolutely. And, and it's the, the reason why it's currently working is because the people that are contributing have these these values and, and you know kind of ethic no ethic sorry mindset that is very entrepreneurial so uh, for example none of us gets paid uh, none of us gets uh, a salary right and none of us will but in the future there will be people that want to contribute but they wouldn't want to take on that risk so for these things then yeah we will have to come up with a different like strategy so they'll need to be paid for x amount of work x amount of hours whatever and it will be constant so they can still contribute but without the risk that the other ones don't because like right now like i've said to lucas like before that i was like you know if we don't find anyone man you got to figure out what you want to do and i'm going to help you of course but and you know and it's the same for me uh but that that's why at this very early stage is like everyone has the exact same hunger and mindset that you know you got to be out there you got to be going hard every single day um so yeah but in the future that, that will change some of it, will change, but yeah. love it love it cool stuff mate hey um I would say, if you don't want to add anything else, do you have maybe three key takeaways you want people to remember from this six session? No. Or one or two, I don't know. No, I, can't, I can't think of anything right now. Um, uh, sure, feel free to show. You have my explicit, let's say, uh, what's the English word? I ask you to show if you want to show something Feel free to. I asked you, so it's fine. Don't want to show anything. Uh, if you like reading about businesses, the newsletter is there. If you want to learn from the people that I'm going to be bringing up on Twitter spaces, then you're more than welcome to. Um, one thing that I'm really trying to go with the Twitter spaces is get really concrete advice. Um, so a lot of the founders that I speak with have been very successful in web two, sold companies, millions, whatever. Um, and I really want them to go in detail about, for example, how they've grown the user base, how they go about hiring, what they struggle with, and all these concrete stuff that you don't get in, you know, um, in, in some other ways. So this is the type of value that I'll be trying to get through with the Twitter spaces. So if that's of interest, then you can tag along. I, don't, I remember, I think it was next week at some point. Um, Tuesday, yes. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, today is the uh, trend, uh, 2nd February, just for everyone listening to this in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so just oh, to okay, avoid okay, confusion. Okay, so I suppose one message that I'll leave then is, is this thing where I mentioned about my goals and having only two of them. And that thing I learned from Sean from my first million is figure out the, the best thing that's going to move the needle for you with your business and then focus exclusively on that. And don't be afraid of missing out on other things, but as mints or, you know, other drama or something fun uh, and just focus on that. Focus is a superpower. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Hey, really amazing Mitko. I really enjoyed talking with you. It was, for my uh, impression, a really authentic uh, podcast. Really enjoyed it. And yeah, thanks everyone for watching. As mentioned in the beginning, I will put all links, all relevant links to Midcos or 
socials, uh, newsletter and everything into the comments uh, or in the video description, wherever. And yeah, see awesome. you soon. Okay, good. Thank you for having me. Wave Act, the web-free software company that understands what you want.